into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures Issue Number 13 Plot by Dean Clarain and Ryan Brown Script by Dean Clarain Pencils by Ken Midroni Cleanups by Buzz McKim Inks by Dan Berger Letters by Gary Fields Colors by Barry Grossman Edits by Scott Fulop Manager Victor Gorlick And the owner Stump from Stump Productions we start out on a game show. We see that there's kind of a comely-looking blonde woman in a miniskirt and a tube top, and she is giggling, kind of Vanna White style, as she sees this old grumpy man in a suit and top hat comes in, pulling in a sign. He's green in complexion, and he's kind of swearing, and he says, Shake it, toots. It says, Stump's Comics presents The Final Conflict. And then the uh, the woman says, Stump Comics is proud to present... <gasps> says the man as he... Pull that out and gets out of there. Thank you, fame. Thank you, time. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Sentient and non-sentient beings everywhere. And thank you for joining us on the Stump Network, where tonight Stump Intergalactic Wrestling presents the bout of the century. As we see Stump, who is the tree-like being, the intergalactic promoter of Stump and Sling, next to Sling, who is kind of like a bush with dollar bills in his hair, as they look on from their, their desk and their control as they're showing the final conflict of the turtles. We see on a TV screen the Coliseum where the turtles are and they've been attacked by the by the bugs. In a few moments, we'll be bringing you this exclusive stump sports event. But first, let me tell you a bit about the recent events that have brought us here tonight. After being brought to Dimension X, down to the Krang-devastated planet of Hybrol, banished warlord Cherube. The four ninja turtles watched helpless as she was struck unconscious by the evil brain Krang. Helpless, as she dropped that which Krang sinks, the Turnstone, an ancient and powerful p device capable of giving certain thoughts form. Cherube was spirited away by the Sons of Silence, enigmatic creatures of unknown intentions, wild cards of anyone's standards. Meanwhile, the Turtles set out after the fallen Turnstone, as did the Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. The Turtles on foot, then later modified flying footskis. Krang then sought help from the dreaded Maligna, Queen Mother race of the warrior insectoids. She sent a dozen of her combatant children to Krang in his quest. Now there's a picture of Cuddly, who brings on Wingnut, Screwloose, Trap, and Leatherhead. It was upon learning this that I chose to take the stand in evening the odds a bit, sending Cuddly the Cowlick to aim the turtles with delivering Wingnut and Screwloose, Leatherhead, and Trap to their side. In return, the turtles gave me the exclusive rights to this broadcast. Mere moments later, in fact... Moments ago, Maligna's warrior children arrived surrounding the Turtles and their gang. Stump presents The Final Conflict. It's a picture of Leonardo versus one of the insectoids, and they're just standing face to face in sort of like a no-holds-barred theme, as we see presented by Stump and Sling. As president and major stockholder of Stump Transdimensional Corporation, I bring you The Final Conflict. So now we see Raphael, who's fighting with Leatherhead behind him and Trap as they're punching some of the insectoids. They can see that there are some cameras that have, looks like, uh, duck wings or something on them. What's with the flying cameras? Stump and sling? No doubt. No doubt this intergalactic wrestling match you agreed to earlier, says Trap. Clang! It doesn't matter. Trap, does any of you know what these creatures are? asks Leo. They're warrior children of the evil insect Maligna, says Screwloose. Why would they be here, old faithful Screwloose? As one of them takes a swing at, at Wingnut, who then takes to the sky. Beats me, boss. Let's say we fly above the fray. Oh, my word, says Leo. 
with Michelangelo on one side and Leatherhead on the other side. Let's take him out! Music to my ears, T-Rap! Name's Trap, Pally Boy. Best get it right. Mikey hits one with the nunchucks in the face and then sidekicks one in the, in the gut and he goes, oh, I'm stoked! And they be pooped, says Leatherhead. Their shells are awfully thick, Leo. It's hard to land a good blow, says Donatello as he swacks one with his bow staff. I hear you, Don. My sword barely stops them, says Leo as he swipes one and knocks it off the head. But we gotta keep trying. High above, resting on the Colosseum, we see Wingnut and Screwloose just kind of taking it easy. Maybe we ought to search for this turnstone, eh, boss? Maybe we should look for Krang, says Wingnut, all excited. I bet he's hiding beneath one of those skylights somewhere. Tee-hee! Hit me a rock, faithful Screwloose. Aw, gee, boss. So much for the fruit bed and the shrimp, says Raphael as he's punching one in the face. Seems for everyone I knocked down, two more crawled to replace it. Ha! I was born to do this. I was born to fight, says Leatherhead as he sweeps two of them down with his tail. As we can see that this has been broadcast on the TV of an alien race who's just watching it. And the kids are sitting in front as the parents are watching on TV. Too cool! And so it goes on and on. A whirlwind of flashing weapons amidst a slam dance of wounded air. And it goes on and on until... <laughs> Trap blasts at one with his laser rifle. Hey, no guns, says Leo. What? You got a problem with guns, Greenskin? As he blows the smoke off of it. The name's Leonardo, and as a matter of fact, I do. Guns are not honorable. No, neither's war, Leonardo, and yet here we are fighting. Hey! How humiliating. While they were talking, two of the insectoids grabbed on and put Trap into a chokehold. Leo, in one of the coolest pieces of artwork I can recall seeing back in the day, does sort of like a, a split kick and knocks both of them off, just kind of leapfrogging over Trap. It's such a cool piece. Nice moves. Oblige. No problem. Just think about what I said as they shake hands. Two of them then grab Leatherhead by his tail, and they start swinging him around, sort of in a uh, in a whirlwind helicopter fashion. Then they throw him, and then he lands outside of, of the Coliseum. Looks like they were strong enough just to give him flight. Uh-oh, says Leatherhead as he lands on the ground. Says the alien watching. Leatherhead then looks to his surprise to his left, and we can see the turnstone has landed there. Hey, boss, do you hear some sort of crashing sound? I sure did, but with the other sounds approaching. Hey, look! Tee look, another faithful screw loose. Coming right up, boss. Well, what do we have here? Uh, I think they got a be the help that Krang sent for us, says Bebop. You hear that, boss? They work for Krang. Just then, Wingnut pings a rock off the side of Shredder's helmet with a bonk. Let's take him down. Nice going, boss. Aw, shucks, wait till you see this. Now that's what I call using brute force. He swoops in between Bebop and Rocksteady, who are not adept enough on their foot skis to get out of the way, and they actually crash into each other and then fall down. Check it out, Don. Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady are here, too. Yeah, and it looks like Wingnut's keeping them pretty busy. Hi. Leonardo kicks one of the insectoids in the head with a frack. Radical, says the alien who's watching his uh, TV. You are one ugly dude. I'd sure hate to see your mama, says Raph. Trap then bashes him over the head and he goes, you sure would. You better hope she doesn't show. Maligna's one tough dame, let me tell you. No one's that tough, says Raph. She's plenty bad, believe me. One of the nastiest villains Dimension X ever has to offer, as he lights up a cigar. We get a shell shock maneuver from Donnie and Michelangelo as they crash two of them shell first into each other with a wham. Nighty night. Hey, 
I think we did it. We did. We defeated them all. <laughs> as they look around. Right! Says Raph. As all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a big explosion right in between where they were standing. Look out! Just in time, they get out of the way. <laughs> and now to find... Oh no! Says the alien as Krang's, Krang's ship runs up on them. The turnstone! Uh, well, what do you know? The little troublemaker itself. The turnstone, says Leatherhead as he picks it up. What to do? What to do? As he sits there with his legs crossed, deep in pensive thought, holding on to the turnstone with his left hand. What to do? Hmm. I think I will think of she who created me through the, the power of this device. She who transformed Jess Hartley into Leatherhead. Cherube. Hey, what are those things? I didn't think of them. So unthink of them quickly, says Cherube. And the sons of silence are gone. Good. That's one obstacle out of the way. Think of the turnstone in hand. Victory is surely ours. May I have it now, please? Um, answer first one question, asked Leatherhead. Why did you transform me to turn me into Leatherhead? Would you believe me if I told you that I knew this very moment would arrive, that only Leatherhead could find the turnstone? Would you believe me if I told you that this all had to be according to fate? Says Cherube. And just in, in case you're, you're unaware, Trube is a purple woman with brown curly hair. And she wears uh, an outfit which is kind of like a black top with a gold uh, bottom and some long boots. And she has a bit of a tiara, kind of a Wonder Woman look. But uh, she is very important. She's the one who controls this. And she's a former warlord of Dimension X. Uh, no, I wouldn't. But uh, to take it to do the right thing, make things right. By the power of the turnstone, I bring this conflict... To an end! Just like that? So it seems. Now what, Cherube? We see that over Cherube, Bebop, Rocksteady, Shredder, and Krang are all just kind of hovering in a white light. First, to get rid of these annoying cameras. <laughs> then, all of a sudden, Oh no, our ratings! Says uh, Stump. And then, Wah! The alien child is tired because he can't see his show. As all the cameras from Stump Asteroid are disappeared. Dude, this is disappearing, Bebop. And then Trube says, And then we put the bad boys away, far away, where they won't cause any more harm. Referring to, of course, Bebop, Rocksteady, Shredder, and Crane. I send Bebop and Rocksteady to a planet full of wild animals, to a planet without man, where they can run free like the creatures they are at heart. Hey, this ain't so bad, says Bebop. You can see that they're both actually naked except for wearing um, a leaf. Come on, Bebop. The hoid is moving this way. As there's rhinos and warthogs running together across the plain, we see that Rocksteady is there with the parrot that he dreamed about in an earlier issue. Orokosaki, the Shredder, I place behind the iron bars of an earthly prison. My vengeance shall know no bounds. As he holds onto a bar of his cage. Krang, Krang, I shall banish to Morbus. The Toxic Waste Dump World. No, Cherube, not this! We see him sitting there just kind of alone on a toxic waste uh, barrel in a vast land that is just full of radioactive and toxic waste. Wow, that seems a bit harsh, says Donatello. Leonardo looks on, somewhat unimpressed. Oh, and one last thing. The turnstone is disappearing. But you where? says Screwloose. Out of existence. It is much too powerful for anyone to hold, even for me. And so it goes. Out of existence goes the turnstone. Now we focus in on the 
Coliseum with all the players that are still in there and the defeated Maligna insectoids and the Turtles, Jerube, Trap, Wingnut, Screwloose, and Leatherhead. You could have at least conjured up some pizzas before you did that. Yeah, agreed the brothers. Not only that, but how are we going to get home? Home? So soon? Well, I guess your role here in Dimension X is over, says Shrube as she looks over her shoulders. I can't thank you enough for all that you've done. By defeating Krang, we've saved millions of species, billions of lives. And as far as you getting home is concerned, I'd like to leave Krang's ship, the Skull Buzzer, with these guys. I like what I'm hearing, says Trap. And besides, there's an easier way for you boys to go home. Oh, no. Greetings, everyone. Hello, Michelangelo. Hi, Cuddly. Oh, gee, I am not flying in that meatball again. I really hate this part. As Cuddly opens his mouth, the three turtle brothers look on as Raphael is just absolutely upset because he doesn't want to get slurped again. As we see Cuddly open his mouth, ready. Next issue, Patooey. Hi, this is Adam, a.k.a. Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, and you're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, issue number 14. Script by Dean Clarane. Pencils by Donald Simpson. Inks by Dan Berger. Colors by Barry Grossman. Letters by Gary Field, with edits by Scott Fulop, and more edits by V. Gorlick. We start out with a title. It's Over the Earth, and it says... Leave heaven alone. Looking down upon the earth, we can see a close-up of South America. Hello, earth. Hmm. I think I'll leave them maybe in Brazil, says Cudley, in the state of Acre. So we can see that as he gets closer to Brazil that there's some fires and it looks like lumber. Just outside its capital, Rio Brancho. says one of the cows as Cudley gets closer to see his silhouette. I believe there'll be some help here. Be brave, little ones, says the cow. Okay, says a little farmer, who is watching a giant disembodied head of a cow go by. I'll leave them here at the edge, where the old world meets the new. Patooey! Yuck, I hate this pot! Yay, home at last, says Leo. The turtles come out all covered in goo. Rad, Central Park! No, Mikey, wrong continent. Judging by the vegetation and humidity, I'd say we're in the tropics says Donatello. Space time to get going. So long, Michelangelo. Else time, turtles. You can't just leave us here. Hey, wait a minute, Cuddly, says Leo. Not in the middle of some jungle. Too late. He's gone, says Leo. No, not the jungle. Tropical rainforest. I am Jaguar. Looks like a mutant jaguar who's wearing um, leaves around his midsection waist and around kind of a collar. says, I greet you in peace, as he climbs down a tree, as jaguars are wont to do. Then we greet you in peace as well, jaguar. I am Leonardo, and these are my brothers, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo. We are students of ninjutsu, and we are far from home. You are Norte Americanos? We are Ninja Turtles. Would you mind telling us exactly where we are? Says Raph. Sorry, my friend. We are in southwestern Brazil. Some two hundred kilometers from the border of Colum- But wait. His eyes go sideways as he can hear. A jeep. Los mercenarios with guns. We see a jeep approaching fast with someone with a rifle looking at Jaguar. Come, we must run and hide, he says. No kidding, says Donnie. Sounds like a plan, says Raph. Follow me, quickly and quietly. Into the reeds they go. They have disappeared. 
as though they were spirits. Let us return to camp and tell the others, says a man in a white hat with dark glasses and, and a cigarette. Look like poachers. There's a scene of in the jungle as Jaguar leads them through. We see a, a giant close-up of a uh, toucan who goes, woo, 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 ha! As they read some through the greenery, Donatello looks back and he sees a sloth looking kind of puzzled with a baby sloth hanging off of her. Do you think we've come far enough yet, Jaguar? asks Leonardo. See, si. we have arrived where I wanted to bring you, here, to my temple. We can see it's a small pyramid of the sun-looking thing with a jaguar on top with two gem eyes that look like rubies. Once I was worshipped here, now it is my place of refuge. Jaguar, why did those men shoot at us? asked Mikey. They are violent men, and they wish to kill the spirit of this land. Um, I'm not sure I follow. Perhaps I should explain. There are many battles being fought over the future in this land, for the fate of this tropical rainforest. First, there are those who wish to see it left untouched. Then, there are those who wish to develop it a little bit, respecting the rights of the forest people. There are many who see its resources as a means of making a liberty, of escaping poverty. And then there are those who wish to waste it, to exploit it for, how you say, a quick buck. Men, like the ones who fired upon us today, men who would not hesitate to kill those who think otherwise. A few weeks ago, they murdered a local labor union member named Chico Mendez. He was a friend of mine. Earlier today, they kidnapped an Americano TV reporter who came to cover Chico's story. I have vowed to save the reporter tonight. We'll help you, Jaguar. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, says all four brothers. Thank you, my friends. He's being held not far from here. Shall we leave shortly, then? The night is complete. But first, let us take nourishment from the, the fruit of the jungle tree. Mm -hmm. I wonder how this would taste on a thick pan pizza loaded down with mushroom, sausage, pepperoni, apple cores, jelly beans, and earthworms, asked Raph. As we can see that they're all eating kind of this fruit. Mikey seems to like it. This tastes better than marshmallow-filled egg rolls. Bueno, I think. Now, let me tell you a story. About the rainforest peoples who have lived here in the region many thousands of years before the Europeans arrived. The turtles look on. We can see that there's a picture of what looks like a tribe of people, and it's a father just uh, holding on to his son as they stand on and look at a tree that had been cut down. The first people believed in the great circle of life. They saw the rainforest always maintained a balance. They saw the saplings always grew from the remains of the fallen giant trees. They saw how bats sipped from the sweet nectar from the night's blossoms, and watched too as their droppings fertilized the soil from which the new flowers grew. We could see that there's a, uh, looks like a puma, coming out of a tree, going after, I want to say a kinkajou. So, they watched as the fly was eaten by the tarantula, and the tarantula by the coati, who was then devoured by the puma, whose corpse always seeded the eggs of the insects and flies, and the drama began anew, again and again. They saw how the trees exhaled into the night, and how their breath came back to them in the morning rain. First people saw the life led to death, and back to life again. Thus everything connected. Thus the great circle of rainforest was born of the earth and heaven in one. Great googly moogly, says Mike. It is time to set out after the kidnapped reporter. It is time to rescue she who called April O'Neil. April, they all say. Then you know her? Know her? She's our closest friend. I, I am sorry, I did not know. Let us go, says the jaguar. Immediately, 
As he takes off, we can see that they're all determined on their face. As they go out in their silhouettes in the darkness, they traverse through the jungle, and so they entered the near-total darkness of the tropical night. At times, the undergrowth was so thick that Leonardo had to use one of his katana blades as a machete. Ouch! Hi! The frog seems to get out of the way. It's wearing a little hat for some reason. Carving a path through the rainforest as it lived and breathed around them. Before long, Jaguar led them to the banks of the upper Piraeus River. The moon rose and cast its light around them. They saw freshwater dolphins playing beneath the stars. They are called Botu. Cool, says Mikey. Soon they reached the outskirts of the camp of the kidnappers. We see April was kind of sleeping. She's tied up and uh, bound near uh, some sleeping folks, and one of them is watching guard with his rifle. There's a fire. Raphael, sneak up on the guard and try to knock him out. Rap does just that. He bonks him in the side of the head as the man with the rifle passes out. Leo sneaks up behind April. April, wake up. Hmm? Oh my god, am I ever glad to see you guys. Not so fast, chica. Throw down your weapons, monsters. Where, where is the other one? As three of them look on with guns as they're trying to take out the turtles. The one that looked like a gato. For Chico Mendes! As he hops out of the tree and jumps and tackles one of them with rifles, knocking him down. For the ball too, says Donatello. And that's... Wait, listen. He's got a giant chainsaw and he attacks Donatello. Don, watch out! I see him. My bow! That was a gift from Master Splinter. Jerk! As he cuts his bow in half, Donnie reacts with a kick right to his face, knocking him unconscious. And the chainsaw is uh, then just stuck out of the ground over all the unconscious men. That's the last of them, says Raph, as the, all of them look on with now saved April, who starts to cry. I, I don't believe it. April, what's wrong? I didn't think I'd ever see you guys again. I'm so happy I'm crying, as they all embrace. Jaguar's on the outside, just kind of looking on. He seems to take off. Our new friend is crying too. What's his name? Jaguar. Jaguar, why do you cry? I cried for Chico Mendes. He was my friend. I miss him. But I cry too because when I sniff the air, I smell a distant fire. A reminder that we lose 50 acres of rainforest every minute. Every minute. I cry because I know all of the life within the rainforest. All of the little lives. Innocents, they die as the rainforest die. It's a picture of all kinds of wildlife here from hummingbirds and flowers and exotic birds and butterflies to tapirs. The innocents that die in the rainforests. April, my friends, at times I can only cry because I know there is nothing else I can do. As the turtles look on with tears in their eyes, too, April tries to comfort him, as does Mikey. Epilogue, 5,000 miles away, in the north in New York. Mr. Noel, there seems to be a small problem developing in Brazil regarding the television reporter. What is it? She's escaped into the rainforest. It appears she has been rescued. By whom? Some sort of humanoid animal, sir. Four turtles and a jaguar. They apparently displayed ninja skills. Mutant animals? Interesting. Very interesting. I want them located and then followed. I want to know everything about it, not just summaries. Understood? Yes, sir. Now... How's that bank takeover going in Hong Kong? It says on his desk, Mr. Null. And we just see Null on the back of his chair as he's smoking a cigar. Next issue, Dreadmond. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, issue 15. It says, Ryan Brown and Dean Clorain present The Howling of Distant Shadows. Script by Dean Clorain. 
Pencils by Ken Mitroni. Inks by Dan Berger. Colors by Barry Grossman. Letters by Gary Fields with edits by Scott Fulop. Manager Victor Gorlick. Cleanups Buzz McKim. We can see that the turtles, Jaguar and April, are on a river raft that is uh, made of some tied together logs as they seem to be um, navigating down the river that they were on. We see from the journal of April O'Neill. It was like being within someone else's body. The river, the trees, the birds, the animals, of such harmony of movement from everything nourishing everything else, was life itself. And here, for several weeks, we were a part of it. After turning my kidnappers over to what passes for the authorities down here, I rejoined the turtles and our new friend. Jaguar, who's now guiding us on our river journey down the Purus and the Amazon rivers. At each bend, monkeys shrieked and scampered at our approach. Exotic birds flew past the kaleidoscope of flashing colors. Jaguar has taught us to live off the land. He treats the wild earth as it's a kind of flesh. I'm sorry, my friends, but I must take your life so that we may go on living. As he stabs through a fish in the river, living off it in such a way as it would not wound it. And now I shall make you a fish stew with Brazil nuts, avocados, and wild mint. Now that's what I call a bonehead, Mike says, looking at the fish. One day we actually ate locusts and wild honey. Yipe! As Leonardo runs away with Jaguar, trying to steal the um, honeycomb from the bees. At night we sleep peacefully along the river's edge. Or shared stories and thoughts beneath the stars of the southern constellations. The others don't trust Cuddly, but I do. I mean, he knew that April was here and that she needed us. See, and say he works for two talking trees? Yeah, from a different dimension. Caramba, such wonders of the universe holds. This morning we drank bromeliad tea, flavored with coconut shells from which we drank. Sure wish I had some cereal, says Mike. Imagine one day, one may imagine the wilderness as a shrine, and think of this journey as a pilgrimage. Raph, who has taken off the majority of his black costume now, only wears the pants. Yeah, well, see, these may be other pilgrims. Uh-oh. As we could see that there's an indigenous tribe that looks on in their canoes, as they could see April, Jaguar, and the four turtles sitting there on the raft. An old woman speaks in a, in a language that uh, no one except for Jaguar seems to understand. Ah, she speaks the forest language, he replies back, as they do. And then, they're on their way with an escort. So what's the scoop? She wishes for us to be guests at supper tonight. At supper or as supper? Who is she? asks April. She is Pelochana. She is their leader, the elder. They are the Kopaku. It is of good fortune that you are four Tortugas. That you turtles, the Kopaku, believe the world is an island born on the back of a great turtle. From here on we go inland. Let us hide the raft and walk the rest of the way to their village. I can't imagine the bugs and weeds that we'll be subjected to at this meal. Gee, I wonder if there's a pizza shack at their village. Heads up, brothers. She speaks. This is where they live. As we see it's a beautiful waterfall with a rainbow behind it, and it's just an absolutely beautiful, resplendent view. Awesome, says Donatello. Up there? No, not up there. In here. In the cave underneath. Through that cave. And enter the center of Taputi. The what? Taputi, I've read about these. They're sandstone mesas that were formed with the same forces of South, South America and from Africa. Millions of years ago. As they head into the cave and it's dark. Even the air smells thick, old, and primal. We've reached the other side. 
the inside. What? Look, d dinosaurs, that's, that's not possible. Why shouldn't it be? Why no one's ever messed with this place? The three-foot-long plesiosaurs basking in the sunlight? Amazing! As you can see, actual dinosaurs in this land. So it looks like there's some uh, plesiosaurs, as he'd mentioned, which are uh, webbed and finned dinosaurs that lived in the water, just resting on the beach. Amazing! Sunset came early to this hidden world of the Taputi. Upon reaching the Compactu village in the Placeco, they had us sit around a central fire, where she told us the Kopaku current events. Jaguar acted as a translator. It seems that several moons ago, a strange new creature appeared. The Temputi. Lobo. A wolf. But wolf that was also a man. Every night since, they have given it food and set out upon that distant carving stone. Yesterday, several pirate miners came into the village with boom deads. Uh, with, with guns. And they took many young men off the village as slaves. Her people are powerless against such weapons. She seeks the help of us and the sons of the Great Turtle. Of you. Of us. Uh, of course, us. Hey, lady, no problem. What would she like us to do? asked Leonardo. She knows where the miners are, and... Uh-oh, look! We can see the silhouette of the werewolf often just above the moon. It's gone. God. First dinosaurs, now werewolves. I think I liked it better in Dimension X, says Leo. Paseco says be calm. It only wants its food. We see a, a close-up of what looks like the wolf, who has a gold earring, some skulls in its hair, and a big shaggy brown mane, a dark black ear with a dark black face with some fangs. Food, huh? I don't blame it. What kind of food is it anyway? A bed of lupine blossoms, overripe jungala fruit, upon which sits a plate a pate of marinade monkey bladder. Ugh, gross, says April. Hmm. Would there happen to be any leftovers? As we can see, our first shot that we really get to see of Dreadman the Wolf. Oh, boy. As he looks on to all his food, and you can see again, just now he's got kind of a gray body with brown patches of fur on his arms and long claws. He's wearing what looks like a kilt and a uh, kind of a, a belt that's brown with a black sort of like a shirt. As he digs into the entrails and all the fruits, and he goes, That'd be good stuff, Mom. As he runs off. Now I be gone. As he takes off with a whoosh. It disappeared in an instant silent blur of darkness. Within the darkness, a few minutes later, Pelacheca resumed the topics of the pirate miners and gave us directions to the distant Puti that they raise. And soon, too, they were gone, watched over by the moon's one good eye, led on by Jaguar. We can see the turtles are going, and Dreadman seems to be following them. Before long, we spotted a glow in the distance, and what we saw next, what was forever burned into my mind. Santa Sangre. As they all look on, it seems like a giant mining cap full of slaves. Looks absolutely terrible. Freeze! Put up your hands! Gunbarrel pops out of the weeds. Mike, he's alone. On my word, whip nunchuck at his head. Now, turn around real slow-like. Now, brother. As he hits him. Nice, Mikey. What about the gun? Would you feel safer carrying it? Yes, says April. Then carry it, but be careful with it. There are still four guards remaining. We need a plan. Shuriken? asked Leo. All right. Now how about we aim for their feet? 
and as the shuriken's surprised, we'll then follow through and take him down. Sounds like a plan, says Rath. Donnie, hold him on. Okay, from left to right, choose your man relative to our positions to one another. Got it? On my word. Aim to release. Huh? What the? Nah, Banzai! Now let's do the rest. As all five of them attack, including, including April, who jumped in holding their shotgun. Michelangelo takes one out with a high and kick to the face, knocking him down. April actually busts one in the face with a gun over the shell of Raphael. Now say goodnight, as it knocks it down. Then Donatello, who had been using a new staff, says, I don't believe it, as he breaks the staff off of the new wood on top of one of their heads. Tough break, Don, says Leo. Capucci! As Jaguar speaks to all the... That's enough, pussycat, says one of the one of the guys who holds a gun directly to the head of Jaguar. Lay down your weapons or the kitty here gets it. Whoa! As Raph reacts to a whoosh, as there are, a speedster just seems to go by that he can't quite identify because he's going so fast that just knocks the man unconscious, knocks the gun out of his hand, saving Jaguar. You owe me, mon. See, si, says Jaguar. Gracias, friend. Now let's get these copakis together and get them back to their village before the guards rearm themselves. An onlooker looks at them through binoculars. Interesting. They've been joined by the wolfman, and completely ruined this operation. Mr. Knoll will not be pleased with this. Not at all. Patch me through to Mr. Knoll, as someone who looks kind of like the stranger from a Clint Eastwood movie. is on a uh, cellular phone. Knoll here. It's the kid, sir. I got some news about that TV reporter and her strange friends. What is it? They've busted up your Tempui mining business and freed the, uh, laborers. And then they've been joined by some sort of wolfman. Confound it. See the guards salvage whatever jewels and minerals they can, and I'll see what we can do to from this end. And you, stay on the trails of those mutants. We still see Null, with uh, Null on the back of his chair, smoking that cigar. And see what motivates them, says Null, back in the jungle. Pelocheca cannot thank you enough for saving her people. She offers this staff as a token of the Kopoi and says thanks and praise. She says it's as old as the Tapoi itself. She hints it to Donatello. I hope I'm saying this right, who responds in the language of the forest, assuming it's a thank you. She'd like to know more about our new friend here, it says to, to Dread. My name is Dreadmon. My tail is long and my belly be empty. Hey, Mon. Ask her if there's any of the pate left. Yeah, yeah, ask her if she's got any Brazil nuts or avocados or locusts, says Mikey. What a place. April finishes her monologue with, what a place. Next, dredging the ocean blue, as Donatello, with his new staff, starts to do a kata in front of three Plesia stores. Next issue, issue 16. It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. Hi, everybody, and today, your recipe is going to be pizza potstickers. Those those handheld items that you can have while you're fighting off the insect forces of Maligna, or maybe where you're traipsing through the jungle, right, looking for a jaguar. Pizza pot stickers. This makes about 50 dumplings. A rad mashup of Splinter's Asian heritage and his son's love of pizza. These dumplings make the perfect snack for any party. They do take practice, however, so don't bug out after a few wrappers on your first try. Ingredients. One large, 
two medium garlic cloves, pressed or minced, one quarter cup minced yellow or white onion, one link or one quarter pound of sweet Italian sausage casing removed, one half cup of finely chopped pepperoni, about one and a half ounces, half cup shredded low moisture mozzarella cheese, one teaspoon Italian seasoning blend, one eighth teaspoon salt, one eighth teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, one package wonton wrappers, preferably circular, two tablespoons vegetable oil, plus more as needed, one cup no-cook tomato sauce or store-bought marinara for dipping. Instructions. Combine the garlic, onion, sausage, pepperoni, mozzarella, Italian seasoning, salt, and pepper in a medium bowl and mix with your hands until everything is incorporated. Step two, set up your workstation. Fill a small bowl with water, lay out a bunch of the wonton wrappers, place a rimmed baking sheet nearby. Step three, scoop one teaspoon of filling into the center of the wrapper. Dip your finger into the water, then use it to moisten the outside edge of the wonton wrapper. Bring both sides of the wonton wrapper up and press them together around the filling. Pleat the wrapper and give it a good seal. Step four, place the finished pot sticker on the baking sheet, pleated side up. Repeat with the remaining wonton wrappers and filling. Step five, heat a large saucepan or Dutch oven over medium heat. Add two tablespoons of vegetable oil and swirl to coat the bottom of the pan. When the oil begins to simmer but not smoke, place the pot stickers carefully in the pan. Pleat the sides up, placing them a bit apart. You'll probably have to cook the pot stickers in batches. Step six, cook uncovered for three to five minutes or until the pot stickers are browned on the bottom. Then pour in one fourth cup of water and immediately cover the pan. Step seven, let the pot stickers steam for two minutes. Then lift the lid and check them for doneness. The filling should feel firm. If you're not sure whether or not they're done, cut one open and check the filling to make sure it's cooked inside. Step eight, when the pot stickers are done steaming, remove the lid and cook for two more minutes or until all the water has evaporated. Remove the pot stickers from the pan, add two more tablespoons of oil, then repeat with the remaining uncooked pot stickers. Serve hot with pizza sauce for dipping. Lighten up dudes, you can use turkey or vegan sausage or low fat cheese and skip the pepperoni. That is your recipe for today, pizza pot stickers. Cowabunga dudes! Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Yo, <laughs>
the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Greetings and Shabibans. We are the Retro Reductibus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Reductibus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some <clears throat> very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. It's there. And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Octopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. It took me 10 years to make the perfect man cave. And then we took it over. And we made it into the multiversal chamber. Then I started my own podcast. And we took that over too. And we're the co-host, the Multiverse Kids. Yeah, and I'm the dad, the geeky dad. And every week, we what? We review the movies, shows, and books. Games and toys. Yeah, and sometimes we even have a special guest. So, join us every week on the Geeky Dad Podcast. Do you like gaming? You know, this game would be better if it was a battle royale. Do you like technology? I bet this tech would work better if it was a battle royale. Do you like movies, TV shows, and everything else that me and Nate can't agree on? The Last Jedi was easily the best Star Wars film I have ever seen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Everybody in this room is stupid now because of you. Talking Gaming and Tech is a bi-weekly podcast where we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and tech. Now part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Talking Gaming and Tech is a podcast produced by Tech Prime Media. You can find us on YouTube and all their social media platforms. You can find Talking Gaming and Tech on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. This podcast is filmed live. If you want to check us out while we're filming live, remember to follow links on social media and your comment might be read on air.